Do you know what I learned today? What, girl? The plural of Bigfoot is big feet. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Reddit researching Bigfoot. And all of these squatchers yeah, are but- using the plural big feet. It's good to learn something new every day, girl. You never you never too old, you know. God, I love my job. <laughs> Patrick Hines. Banana. You guys, TikTok Bigfoot O'Clock. Today's the day, girl. This is your day. Happy birthday. I'm Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, you guys, you've been hearing us say it for weeks now. Our very first ever virtual live show is happening Thursday, May 20th, 8.30 Eastern. Now listen, if you can't make it to that, it's going to be available for two full days, 48 hours after. So buy a ticket. You can still watch it after the fact, girl. Yeah, so go to truecrimeobsessed.com and I think something should pop up and if it doesn't go on see us live and it was really really important to us that if you can't make it then you could still watch it so buy your ticket and at your earliest convenience check out the show yeah and you guys we are covering unraveled the long island serial killer from discovery plus it is bananas we've been going through it so much talking about what we're going to talk about we have so much to say girl so much to say it's a lot of billy jensen a lot of new york <laughs> accents it'll be fun also you guys join us on the patreon we have over 200 full ad free bonus episodes to download and binge right the second but more importantly, part two of our coverage of this, of Bigfoot, is available right now on the Patreon as well. It's actually called Sasquatch, but yes. Oh, right. <laughs> Hulu is like, what did you call it? Yep. No. Part two will be our regular episode in the regular feed next week. But if you just got to hear our, like, screaming take on the second half of Bigfoot, like, right now, you can't wait, go get it on the Patreon, you guys. Patreon.com slash True Crime Obsessed or go to our website and click on the Patreon link. Yeah. I mean, this is three episodes. I have pages beyond pages. I, I mean, I, I thought my <laughs> fingers were going to fly off. I was typing so fast. My goodness. Tell me one interesting thing that happened to you this week, girl. Oh, I got a new rug. I got a new rug for a a very, like, bare area of our living room, and it came today, and I'm really excited about it. Congratulations, girl. Thank you. I was really stressed that it wouldn't work in the space, and it did, and it just, like, it was exactly what we needed, and how boring is that? Can I tell the people what we're talking about today? Look, Merry Christmas. Here we are. This is your day. You guys, we're talking about Sasquatch from Hulu. It's three episodes. We're going to cut it in half. We're going to do our first episode today. It's what you're listening to right now. And part two is available right now in ad-free at the $5 level on Patreon. And it will be our regular episode next week. But I don't know if everybody knows how obsessed I am with Bigfoot. I don't know if everyone knows. I mean, they should know by now. But if they're just joining us, why don't you tell them a little (laughs) bit about your feelings about Bigfoot and Sasquatch? Let me just say this whenever an interviewer asks us like what was the case that got us started into true crime I always say it wasn't like a murder case it was like the nerdy Bigfoot stuff like I was so obsessed with like Bigfoot the Bermuda Triangle and all Uh of that when I was a kid like and that naturally led into true crime but Bigfoot's my girl girl I love I frankly I don't like the way they talk about her in this in this series well are you 100% she is real and she lives in California I'm gonna say yeah, I think Bigfoot's probably real. Okay, all right. Well, this is this will be interesting. <laughs> Someone doesn't have to be out in the woods too long to feel like I might not belong here and something is going to take me out. I've been a journalist for about 25 years. Embedding with street gangs, going undercover as a neo-Nazi skinhead. And I'm going to tell you the craziest story I've ever heard. I was working on a cannabis farm up in Northern California. I remember a guy telling me about three bodies torn to pieces. He said a Bigfoot killed those guys. A Bigfoot murdered three guys on a dope farm. There's always been rumors of legendary violence. The story of Sasquatch or of man-like monsters has been with us from the very beginning. There's a belief in supernatural forces that runs deeper up here than most places. You believe that Sasquatch can teleport? And no. Uh, yes, you do. No, I yes, do you not. Do. You do. Do not go there. People pass through here and they just see how beautiful it is. They have no idea the shit that goes on in this area. As scary as some of these stories are, we still want to figure it out. People are afraid of the unknown. The evidence convinces me that Sasquatch is dangerous. It scared the crap out of me. I don't know if I believe in Bigfoot. 
but I sure as hell believe there are monsters among us. So, girl, we open with a man. He's an investigation journalist. His name is David Holthouse. What a name, girl. It's a great name. I like Dave. He's been through a ton <laughs> of shit, but he's also yeah. like a cool guy. I like him. I liked his vibe. I, j- don't end up being garbage down the line, Dave, But because I like you. I know. I will say he starts telling us about the summer of 93 when he was like either living on or working at some like pot farm. He was visiting a, a good buddy of his like that. <laughs> That's, oh, that's right. how he, oh. he's just like going to visit there. So that's where I was going with this because we see a flashback photo of him and his good buddy. The good buddy's eyes are blacked out so we can't. For some reason, you guys, everyone is still really afraid of getting busted being associated with marijuana. Isn't it legal everywhere? What's the deal? Well, I think as we learn in these three episodes, it's a lot more than the weed. Totally. <laughs> right? But I want to say, while we're looking at this photo, David back in the day has my fucking dream hair. It's this like long flowing. Liv Tyler locks. Yeah. I was just, uh, and he still has it to this day. He still He's has never, it. the guy's never gotten a haircut in his life, yeah. girl. But he tells us the story. It was an actual dark and stormy night. The drive up 101 to Mendocino, I remember it was really foggy and it was raining hard. And it would continue to rain almost nonstop for my entire time in Mendocino. Like just constant hard driving cold rain. He's doing a lot of that like writery thing where he's like using like he's like setting the scene in a way that's like atmospheric and a little annoying, if I'm being honest. He's speaking in prose. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so they get to this farm and there's like no heat, electricity, or water, you know, just right. super fun. And the next day, Dave is like getting to work on the farm and he's learning about it. And, you know, he's like, everyone I spoke to wouldn't shut up about this Sasquatch that was running around and threatening people. They're like growling at people from the tree line and bluff charging, running at somebody and then skittering off into the distance or hurling rocks like big rocks just come chunking down from uh, ridge lines. In Dave's retelling, everyone has seen the Sasquatch running around threatening. And I love the idea that the Sasquatch is like, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, girl. Like, that's the kind of threatening. And David's like, sometimes it was a Sasquatch. Sometimes it was a tribe. Like, all of these stories varied. And the whole thing is like, oh, like, they're mad that all these pot farms are in Bigfoot territory. Like, they're totally cognizant of what is happening. And they're angry at these people. Because what's happening is these people, it's the 90s, right? It's the war on drugs. It's like even pot is still super illegal. We're going to learn the origin story of how all these people ended up in this like really remote region of California. But what's happening is like they are trying to find areas of the wilderness where they can sort of grow pot unencumbered. And frankly, it's encroaching on Bigfoot's territory, girl. I'd be mad too. Right. And then Dave goes. And that's when things got even a little weirder. And that's when things got even weirder. And I just have in my notes, lay it on me, Dave. Let's go. I'm in. Lay it on me. Can I say one quick thing before we get into how it's weirder? I just wanted to point out, like, we're learning about these pot farms and how there's no running water. There's no electricity. There's no food. Everyone stinks. And I was like, what is appealing about this to anybody? And then I immediately made the note, but I would for sure work on a vodka farm. If there was a job at a vodka farm, I would for sure work there. Yeah. And how do we not have vodka farms in this country? We do. They're distilleries. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I want to be like deep in the woods fighting off Bigfoot from my vodka you know I love Bigfoot but I love vodka more girl I definitely do we need like now that we we've opened so many bars uh, on this podcast but now we need like Bigfoot vodka that needs to be your brand of vodka oh my god we need to brand that you guys Bigfoot vodka oh my god that's a great idea right oh my god don't steal it everybody TM 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 TM. so Dave is like we're hanging out at the house now of the owner of this farm or whatever and he's like we're just like sitting there like smoking whatever and some dude like 20 minutes later these two dudes show up and like bust into the house and one of them is losing his shit yeah. and so Dave goes his eyes are like the eyes of a panicked horse you know they're rolling around I was sketched out enough by this guy's presence that I was just kind of trying to become one with the couch 
He had the eyes of a panicked horse. I was like, is this guy a writer or what? And then Dave does it. He like yeah. does the eye move. I'm like, Dave. <laughs> so this guy is freaking out and he's like, no, no, no. Like it wasn't a rip. All the weed's still there. Everything's a fucking mess, but the weed is still there. And it's very, we don't know what's happening. And the questions are like, are you sure they're dead? And the dude's like, haven't you been listening to me? Of course they're dead. And I'm like, what is going on? And the dude's like, we got to yeah. warn everybody, man. They're fucking coming for us, man. I assume. And so it turns out finally, everyone's like, yeah. dude, shut up and just tell us what happened. And he's like, okay. okay. He believed he had just seen three bodies, dead, mangled, torn to pieces. He started to say something loud and was shushed. And then he said, I'm telling you, man, a Bigfoot killed those guys. Bigfoot killed these three dudes, man. <laughs> David's like, what? Because he actually, the wording that they use is that Bigfoot ripped these three men to pieces. Like limb from limb. And what's more amazing than, than this entire story is that for some inexplicable reason, this is not the story that Dave tells at every fucking party. Because he's like, I don't think that I had ever told anybody that story. I mean, I got plenty of stories that like sitting around like shooting the shit with people like I'll, I'll lay out there things that I experienced. I don't think that that's never been in my repertoire of like stories that you share about hey, Well, here's a crazy fucking thing that happened to me. It just seems unbelievable. It just seems so unbelievable. I don't even really talk about it. And I'm like, what? Because what happens is he learns about these three men that got brutally murdered by Bigfoot and then, like, leaves the next day. Like, like nothing comes of it in the moment. And he just, like, leaves and goes back to his life. And over the years, he's like, I got to tell you, my life is kind of amazing. I have, like, a lot of stories. Yeah. This is not one I tell. Like, like it's a deep, dark, buried secret he's kind of embarrassed about. And I was right. like, girl. Because what happens is, because Dave is me, basically, he just starts Googling immediately. Because the next right. day, he just he's like, well, did that even it was so unbelievable where he doesn't even trust his own memory of something that happened the night before because he's like that yeah. was bizarre right so he yeah. starts googling and he starts looking up like he's trying to look for the missing persons report like are three men missing like what's going on and for the record David doesn't just gook he yeah. fully immerses himself in whatever he's investigating like what for example I'm so glad you asked embedding with Chicano street gangs on both sides of a turf war running dope with drug mules Staying up for 72 hours with crystal meth heads, going undercover as a neo-Nazi skinhead, that kind of shit. Those are the kind of stories I went after and how I went after them. Undercover as a neo-Nazi skinhead. And he's like, you know, that kind of shit. Like, it's nothing. I literally made the note, this sounds like a job that is better mm -hmm. suited for somebody other than me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is not a job I should have. And then I also wrote, are we allowed to say Chicano street gangs? It feels like something we should not be allowed to say. <laughs> he's a white guy and he said it I, and I'm quoting yeah. him. It feels like I shouldn't be saying that. Dave doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who always thinks before he speaks. We do like this guy, but I, I could see him saying some shit without mm -hmm. wondering how it's going to make other people feel. You know what I mean? He does it later and it's it's something yeah <laughs> i just want to say before we go any further we skipped the whole opening sequence where we're getting all of these people talking about their encounters with bigfoot people are talking a lot of shit about bigfoot people are saying she stinks mm -hmm. she's not very friendly Violent. and i'm just thinking my only experience with bigfoot is like harry and the hendersons uh -huh. or like chewbacca you can't tell me chewbacca's not a goddamn bigfoot they seem so nice why is everybody being so mean about them my whole thing is I was going to save this for the very, very end, but I'll say it now. Okay, great. I think I'm right in the middle of the Bigfoot thing. I feel like at this point, there needs to be more evidence if it was really a thing. But at the same time, if there uh -huh. was real evidence that came out tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, yeah. cool. Wow, finally. Right. Like, I just, I don't really have a stake in it. But I do uh -huh. firmly believe that if she exists, she's not this, like, bloodthirsty, violent no. being that she's been described in as no. for three episodes. Like, what? I don't think she's mean. I think she wants to be left the fuck alone. I will say, though, one of the things you hear throughout, like whenever anybody encounters Bigfoots, she stinks, girl. She doesn't smell good. But there's like a sweet musk to her if the wind blows just right. We'll get to it. <laughs> Can you get it at Scentbird? I'm just curious. <laughs> So this area that they're in with all these these weed farms, it's it, the region is called the Emerald Triangle. The region is called the Emerald Triangle because there's three counties, Trinity, Humboldt, and Mendocino County. All three counties are famous worldwide for producing very high-grade, bright green cannabis plants. 
as much as they're known for cannabis, like the Sasquatch stories in that area have existed for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Yeah. Because the indigenous people of that region had stories about Sasquatch. Yeah. And this is where we also learn that like the folklore comes from the fact that like the woods are just like spooky, you know, like they talk about the fact that like these redwoods are like a thousand years old. They're so tall. It's like its own country out there. And I was like, why would anyone go in there? Why? Why would anyone go in there? I think it's like so beautiful. Like those redwoods are so gorgeous and they're so old. And that's what Dave's like. Yeah. And also it's a dark history, this region. It's a dark history. There's a dark history to this place. A lot of blood's been spilled beneath those redwood trees. And going back at least as far as the 1860s with the California gold rush, you know, you got hordes of white frontiersmen and plunderers coming in the area, just brutalizing the indigenous people. White people coming in and like murdering and raping and brutalizing them during the gold rush. And like then the logging industry comes and chops down all these original thousand year old redwoods. Like like 90% of the original redwoods are now gone. So thanks a lot, white people. Way to go. Yeah. And they say by the 1970s, like this area had been like cut to shreds. Yeah. Like they show videos of them like sawing down these trees. It takes like five people to it's saw down. It's really, really heartbreaking to watch. But this is when, like, the hippies and the, quote, back to the landers move in. And we (laughs) meet so many of them. Ghost dance is the most verbal. He's the most vocal here. Ghost Dance also, like, rolls up a marijuana cigarette right in front of us. He just rolls it up, and he's just, like, smoking it. And it's just, like, these people, I just have this note throughout. These people love pot so much, girl. They yeah. love it so much. God bless them. But the reason why they love it is because we learned someone's like, let me tell you something. Everything out there, the flowers are more intense. The wildcrafted herbs are more intense. It has the tastiest tomatoes. And by extension, the cannabis that people have grown out there is just the best in the world. Everything that is grown here is the fucking best. They have the tastiest tomatoes and the best cannabis on earth. And I'm like, good on ya. Does like tomatoes fall under like what you want to eat when you get the munchies? Are you just like walking out to the tomato vines and picking one off? I no, no. I think you want to dip things in ketchup, but I don't know if you want a full on tomato just shaking some salt on there. I just want to say like these hippies and the back to the landers that moved into this area in the 70s. We meet these people and they're like. We wanted to build our own schools and grow our own food. And I just said, I am not like these people. So this guy Ghost Dance is here. And he actually has this very cute Sasquatch stuffed animal. I think it's adorable, this little stuffed Sasquatch. This guy is high as a kite while he's doing this little bit. Oh, and here's, look at this. Here, Wait a minute. Sasquatch has appeared. Here he is. Oh, it's Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. Not so scary or tough. High as a kite. Stoned out of his mind. And he says something where he's like, I personally have never seen any evidence of Bigfoot existing. This guy's been living in the fucking woods since the 70s. If he has not seen a Sasquatch, there isn't one to be seen. You know what I mean? Wow. Wow. How did that feel? (laughs) I'm just saying maybe there. There's not one there to be seen, you know? Uh But there's one like elsewhere is what you're saying. Elsewhere, yeah. Okay, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> what happened was these dummies all moved into the woods thinking they were just gonna like live off the land and like eat squirrels and whatever but they realized that like they do need to make money they've got to build a school and they've got to like keep that one kerosene lamp in kerosene so they need money and they realize like the best way and the easiest way for them to do it is to start growing pot out there yeah and so now we're back to dave our investigative reporter and he's like he's just trying to track down everyone who grew weed in that area in the 90s because he wants to get to the bottom of this crazy story. So we hear all the phone calls and one guy is like, no, you have the wrong number, my friend. I'm not a Bigfoot guy. I am a UFO guy. Have you heard about the stuff with the Navy and the UFOs? And Dave <laughs> looks at us and mouths, what? I know. And that's when I knew that Dave and I would be friends. I gotta say, though, all the way out there in the middle of the woods, I bet UFOs have done their thing out there, too. Yeah, for sure. 
absolutely. Again, we are not alone. Are you a UFO person? We've discussed this at length. Yes. Yeah. I totally believe we are not the only living creatures in this universe. Absolutely yeah. not. Are you crazy? No. Have I told you about the simulation theory where none of us are real and like other people way in the future? Yes. <laughs> It like occurs to me now. Sometimes yeah. I lo- I'm like looking out the window and I'm like, is that is that all real? Is none of it real? Well, for me, the simulation theory only occurs to me at the gym where I'm like, I don't want to lift that. And if I'm not even real, why am I doing it? Then what it? am I doing here? I <laughs> Just one more thing about the back to the earthers who are all here. Like they're all sitting down for this, like back for this. Back to the lander. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got caught up in the UFOs. Back oh, to Earth, please. Thank yeah. you. Not a single one of these fucking people has ever seen a Bigfoot. Not a single one of them. They've all lived in the trees since the 1970s. None of them have seen a Bigfoot. Right. Especially James Bobo Fay, who's a Sasquatch hunter. <laughs> and James does not want to sit down. He wants to stand <laughs> behind his couch. Dave is like, hey, James, like, uh, do you have stories about Sasquatch getting violent? And Bobo's like, you fucking bet I do. Yeah, I, I heard several firsthand stories about them getting violent. There's one story about some guy out in Witch Pick got pulled apart, like all four of his limbs and head pulled off. And that was back in the early 70s. Now when they see you, they just see a big old slab of meat walking out there. Don't trust them. I've heard stories from a lot of people who heard stories from other people. And I'm like, that's the opposite of a firsthand account. James, if it didn't happen to you, it's not a first-hand account. James Bobo is going to be back in another episode saying, remember how they were saying that, like, the Sasquatch were really threatening? And they were, what was the kind of charging they were doing? Bluff charging. Yeah, he says he's been bluff charged by Bigfoot, like, many times. He says that later. Well, not many, but, like, several. He cor- That's one of my favorite lines of the whole thing. He doesn't even take a breath. Mostly, though, it's just a lot of growling and bluff charging. I mean, I've been bluff charged plenty of times. Not plenty, but several. And it's, it's effective if it wants you to leave. Get your story straight, Bobo. Get your story straight. We got to deal with another guy who's now a misogynist against the Lady Bigfoots because he's saying, look, I've said it before. I'll say it a thousand times. You smell them before you see them. Then he blames the women for the smell because it's the Lady Sasquatch being on her moon cycle, girl. I was like, okay, you know what? I know. I know. He says, usually before you see them, if the wind is blowing right, you get, they have a very sweet, musky smell that could be when she's in that time of her moon cycle and when she's really uh, looking for love. She either stinks like that because she's on her moon cycle or she's super horny, one or the other. Yeah, you know what, don't, if you don't, if it doesn't happen to you, I don't wanna talk about it with you. Stop it. Totally fair. Leave me alone. So this area is like Sasquatch heavy, right? That's where they all, they're like only in this California location or whatever. So like every good conspiracy theory, there's a video here, right? So this is like, oh. so the Sasquatch idea has its own Zabruder film, essentially. It's yeah. called the Patterson-Gimlin film. Can I make one, one shameless plug for Strange and Unexplained? Yes! You guys, we are putting out, by the time you hear this, our episode on Bigfoot will be out, and two-thirds of the episode is all about, is this film real or not real? And it is like, the research on it is amazing, and the people are amazing, and like... I gotta tell you, it is this film has never been officially debunked. And we get really into why. It's really, really amazing. That's it. Stranger than explained. Go download it and listen to the episode. That's all. Okay. It kind of gets debunked in this documentary, but you know. <laughs> no, we we debunk in the episode all the shit they try to we reverse debunk it in our episode. You de debunked or you yeah. debunk debunked? <laughs> debunk debunked is way more fun to say, but it's probably de debunked. Yep. Or or we, did you just bunk it? We un- bunk or we rebunk you know what i mean bunk that's fun to say bunk totally. and so uh, this patterson gimlin film bob gimlin is here yeah. he is just delightful oh my- <laughs> wait you know this film right this is the most famous bigfoot thing of all time it's an elf they parody it in yeah. elf yes they when do. buddy the elf is like spotted in yeah. central park and he does that yeah. like very famous look back that she the bigfoot it's been parodied to death you've absolutely seen it but yes bob gimlin he's he's a delight beyond words is all i can say yeah and he's like so he's just saying we rode every day miles and miles and miles the 20th day it was about two o'clock in the afternoon the sun was still up nice all at once one was standing across the creek looking straight at us 
he's explaining we were there for 20 days they're looking for Bigfoot and then suddenly (gasps) there she is and they film it and whatever yeah and the thing about this video is that like they really were like on a they were on a mission to like see if they could find a Bigfoot and they did it he said they were riding around 40 miles a day they shoot this like famous famous like shot of the Bigfoot from several hundred feet but like you know it looks really real and it's kind of scary and they get a, a straight on shot of her and we will get more into this later so put a pin in the Gimlin Patterson film we're coming back to it yeah okay enough of that everybody shut up because Wayne and George's are here they are life partners and Sasquatch hunters that's their lower third when I first watched this episode I I like spit the vodka out of my mouth I was like there's gays there's gays they are fighting before they even sit down they're bickering so they ask like where do you differ on your opinions when it comes to Sasquatch right George's comes for Wayne before the question is even finished being asked. Well, you believe that Sasquatch can teleport. And no. Yes, you do. No, I yes, do you not. Do. You do. Do not go there. And you believe that he, no. can, he can cloak and all that other fucking bullshit. No, I do not. Yes, God you do. We talked only about thing- this before. And you get it wrong. No. The I only thing I believe. He's, he's just a being. He's a blood and guts human being kind of creature. You believe they could be invisible and teleport and all that other bullshit. And he's like, I do not. And he goes, oh, yes, you do. And then he goes, no, I do not. God damn it. They. And then he's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. He's a being. He's a blood and guts type of human being. And I say, fellas, fellas, can we know, be in the middle here? Can we be in the middle? But the thing is, like, they both have Bigfoot story. Like, Bigfoot is really important to both of these queens. They really, really love Bigfoot, and they really want her to exist. And as you pointed out before we started rolling, Wayne and George are very underutilized in this documentary. Completely underutilized. We see them here and then again at the end, and that is it. I can't believe it. I know. But these gays really love each other, I think. It seems like they've been together a long time. Oh, for... Decades, and that's why that's why they're just bickering. Because you know, oh, I love you. Yeah, okay, you know, it's fine. But no, I do not. God damn it! I mean, they. This is the fight they have every day of their lives. They are fighting about does does Bigfoot have an invisibility cloak or is she part human? Like this is every day. You can't take them anywhere. Even if you go out to dinner in a restaurant, it's like a table of six. It will inevitably be. Invisibility cloak versus part human. Every time. Every time. And Wayne is really offended. It's like, George, I told you that in confidence that I thought that he was maybe, that she was maybe wearing an invisibility cloak and might have magical powers. I told you that in confidence, George. No, too late. No, no. This is what we do. We debate this. Wait, but it's it's spelled George, but with an S. Is it, do you pronounce that George or is it George's? Is it like, I think it's, I think there's, it's like a French thing. Okay. George Wall. (laughs) These guys are in their 50s if they're a day. I bet the sex is still amazing. That's all. I'm just going to leave you with that. I would like to take a hard left because we meet this guy, Jim Murphy. He's a Mm -hmm. wreck. This guy is a wreck. (laughs) He, I'm worried about him. I'm truly worried about Jim. You guys, it's really true. This guy, Jim Murphy, he's a retired police officer. He does not subscribe to holding your emotions in. He really lets it all... Which is great. Like, whatever. Like, just fucking cry it out. But this guy, he has this story about Bigfoot that is so harrowing. He can't talk about it without experiencing it again. This one particular night, I turned and I, I looked up the river, and all I could see was this um uh, like a, a form it's sorry he's shaking he's crying he could barely get a word out i'm truly worried about him he also talks shit says it stank and it was just going through the water and i couldn't figure out what that could have been then all of a sudden um, um see my hair standing up in my arms now it's this scream like a, a banshee he's like then i heard a scream like a banshee i turned and i ran and i never looked back and he's like if i'd stuck around i would not be alive to tell you the story jimothy are you all right sweetheart i, I feel really bad this guy I like know. whatever he thinks he saw it was a truly harrowing experience the poor thing my question is if it wasn't a bigfoot what the fuck was it you know what i mean i a pr- hundred other things <laughs> 
<laughs> like a bear? Maybe just your imagination. Maybe a bear. Maybe a branch. Maybe a leaf. <laughs> maybe a, you know, like, I don't know. Jim. Do you feel like Bigfoot is like the Slender Man of the Woods? A little. That's where I'm kind of going with this now that you mention it. So we meet this guy, Jeff Meldrum. Uh His name, I saw his name a lot today in my research. He's a professor and he is completely convinced that Sasquatch exists and he's like, the most compelling evidence for the existence of Sasquatch from my point of expertise is the footprint evidence. I've spent a lot of time assembling a very large sample of footprints from all over North America. And he has like these 30 quote footprints. They all look exactly the same. I know. But what he's saying, and they don't ever really let him say his due here, because this goes back to the film, the Gimlin whatever film. Uh-huh. Well, he is saying that like the thing about the footprints is that he's collected them from all <laughs> over North America. And he's saying that like scientifically and anthropologically, the footprint casts that he has are too similar to be hoaxes. And this is what people point to in that film as as well that like if it were a man in a monkey suit like the way his foot bends you can actually see like in the film apparently you can see that the foot bends in a way that like a normal human foot doesn't bend and also that like you wouldn't be able to see on like a costume right and also like the muscles in the back the way she turns like what happens to her shoulders and stuff like there is real anthropological evidence that that's a real creature and he's just saying that like when we consider the odds that all these tracks are simply spurious hoaxes, it becomes incredible. How is it that these hoaxers have incorporated things that have only come to light and been understood in the realm of science and anthropology in the past you know, few decades? If you're gonna fake Bigfoot footprints, I have casts from all over North America and they're all very similar. The look on Jillian's, you guys, she's just humoring. <laughs> You just mean it so much. Like, it just means so much to you. I really want you to have it. I really, like, it's, I want you to, I want to hand it to you. I want you to unwrap it. Like, I want you to have this gift. That's what I I want. I know, I know. It's taking me right back to seventh grade, where I once made a poster board, like, thing about the Bermuda Triangle. I had a little star sticker for every plane or boat that ever went missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh And when I, it was something like 139 or something, and when I recounted it, I realized I had done one too many and I started over. Why didn't you just take it off? (laughs) I don't know. You okay, girl? (laughs) You okay? You can tell me. It's just us here. There's nobody here listening. Are you like, all right? I don't know. It's been a real long quarantine. It's been a real long quarantine. (laughs) I just see you up at two in the morning with like, no, just the light of the computer screen. Just like, yeah, looking. I, you guys, I love this shit so much. I'm going to give one more shameless plug. It's why I put my heart and soul into this and into strange and unexplained i it's the podcast i've always wanted to make it's my favorite i mean i god if i'm picking a favorite thing i love to talk to you about it's 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 a big list but this is right at the top i love talking about this shit with you because i really really want it to all be real you know what i mean i just learned about the deepest lake in the world and the humanoid creatures that live in there girl i need that to be real say say those words again there's the deepest lake in the world is somewhere like in russia or something and there's a whole article about the humanoid creatures that live in that lake that divers have actually encountered wow I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's probably true, you know? I For you, girl, I love you so much. I want it to be real. I do. But James is back, Bobo. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, willing to bet that a lot of unsolved missing person cases are probably because they were killed by a squatch, you know? I'm sure there's people that disappear that it's because of a squatch. My one buddy down in Southern Humboldt, he had the thing throw like a big chunk of log out of just overhead, just whoosh. Mostly though, it was just a lot of growling and bluff charging. A friend of mine, uh, he was just there and a big log was thrown at him <laughs> by a squash. And you, which is weird because usually they just growl at you and bluff yeah. charge at you. And yeah. James is like, I know. I've been bluff charged plenty of times. Not plenty, but several. But several. But I've also never seen a Sasquatch in real life. Bobo, what's the story, girl? What is the story? Bobo doesn't want to be accused of bragging. So he's like, not plenty, but several. Like, enough. (laughs) I've been bluff charged, like, a good amount of times. Uh (laughs) Bobo. Oh, 
Oh my God, you guys. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, we don't get to talk about Bigfoot that much longer. So just like, I'm really going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Savor it. You got to savor the moment. So Dr. Meldrum is back and he just, he wants us to know that if you're going to go squatching, you got to be really safe about it, you guys. As with any large and potentially dangerous animal, you need to show the proper uh, sensibility and precautions. I never go out in the field without pepper spray or a sidearm uh, for personal security. If you're gonna go squatching by yourself in the woods, you gotta bring with you your pepper spray and a sidearm. Don't you fucking shoot Bigfoot. This is what I'm saying. If you are out in the middle of the ocean and a shark eats you, it's your fault. You're in his house. What, what those idiots who hurl themselves into the fucking lion exhibit at the <laughs> zoo and they kill the lion? That yeah, makes me crazy. It's Don't murder. do that. You no. are an idiot who jumped yeah. over the fucking railing and you yes. got eaten or you just got scratched. You're gonna kill the lion for doing exactly what is in its DNA, fuck that. And exactly what that wall barrier is meant to prevent it from doing? Who jumped over the ledge, the lion or the idiot? <laughs> I rest my case. So David has a friend in LA who gets him somehow in touch with a guy named Razor. And this guy Razor is exactly who David wants to talk to because Razor worked in the, like he worked on the pot farms in the early 90s when these three murders happened. I know that we are here for me to talk about how much I love Bigfoot, but we're actually here to talk about these three murders and figure out if Bigfoot did it or what happened. Right. So Razor's like, here's the story I heard. I just remember a story that there was farm workers, possibly Mexican nationals, and the Sasquatch got them. Their camp was found with, you know, the bodies torn apart everywhere. Their camp was found with the torn up bodies and it was on Spy Rock Road. And that's a really important location. So David is very protective of the information because when he like talks to somebody, he wants to know that if he gets a person with information that it's legit. And so this guy Razor also, without any prompting, says, oh, that was the fall of 93, which is when David was at that pot farm where that guy came in and said Sasquatch just killed those three guys. So David knows that Razor's like the real deal and he like knows shit. Yeah, and also Dave is like, uh, Razor's a steel trap. He's been around. He was in San Quentin three times and didn't yap about anybody. So, and because like Razor is trusted in this community and he yeah. also has the dates right unprompted. So Razor's sits down with us and he's like no 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 no. people weren't just telling this story about the three guys getting ripped apart by sasquatch this was a warning i had never heard anyone like say it you know with such conviction it was like a serious call to arms this is the biggest threat we're going to be facing towards the end of the season so we're going to get attacked by Sasquatches, as if the stuff we were up against already wasn't enough. This was a call to arms. Like, yeah. these weed farmers were facing a threat, and the threat was Sasquatch, and oh my god. <laughs> and Razor's like, because we weren't dealing with enough bullshit in the 90s with the war on right. drugs, let's throw a fucking Bigfoot in there. Oh my god. And so, like, also I gotta say, I like Razor. I like Razor, too. He wears, he's wearing a shirt that says, unbelievable <laughs> about Belize. I love it. <laughs> That's really funny. And so the first episode ends with this really yeah. big cliffhanger because suddenly Dave, the reporter, gets a text from this PI that he's working with and it's super yeah. unsettling and we see the texts and the yeah. texts say the following. I feel morally and ethically bound to warn you that you are venturing into very dangerous territory. Unlike you, I live here and have a family to protect. Right. And then the last text <laughs> is you, period, Please be careful. And that's how the episode ends. <laughs> Dave, get out of there, girl. We need you. So Sasquatch episode two, it's called Spy Rock. And you guys, we're back to talking about the Patterson-Gimlin film. That's like the famous Bigfoot video that like has never been debunked and it happened in like 1957 or 67 or whatever. So we're sitting down with a guy named Bob. I can't pronounce his last name, girl. Bob Heronymus. Okay, great. <laughs> and he's got a Bigfoot head on his lap. It's like a bust. Yeah. I was like, I know who this fucking guy is. I know who this guy is. He claims that he's the guy in the Bigfoot costume from the movie. And he says, Gimlin and Roger asked me if I'd wear the suit, you know, and promised me a, give me a thousand bucks, you know, for 10 minutes work. What the heck? But he said, you can't tell anybody anything, nothing, no, nothing. I said, okay, I won't. I don't believe this guy for a goddamn minute. And in our episode of Strange and Unexplained, I'll tell you why. He's like, I kept this secret for 30 years. 
Uh, I wore the suit. The head went yep. on last. It only took one <laughs> shot. And I'm like, oh, one take Bob over here. Great. <laughs> and then another Bob, Bob Gimlin of the Patterson Gimlin film, he denies it up and down. He's like, this yes. never happened. And Bob, the hoaxer, is like, look at that video again. You could see my wallet through the costume. I had my jeans on. Yeah. <laughs> but Bob is like, look, he's like a super short guy. And he is. Look at this guy. He's totally short. Right. When you see the Bigfoot on the film, look, I will get all into this later. But when you see the Bigfoot on the film, the, the thing's enormous. Like, it's not him. It's not him. I don't believe him, girl. Do you believe him? Do you believe him? No, no, no. And I think he just wants to be famous. But wait, wait. His yeah. wife is here. We don't see her. Oh but it turns God. out that the yeah. Bobs are neighbors. <laughs> yes. So Bob, who made yes. the movie, and Bob the hoaxer are fucking neighbors. And Gimlin yeah. is like, he's my neighbor, but um, I still wave at him when I go by. And and the hoaxer's like, we don't wave. He doesn't even look at me. And off camera, the wife's like, he has waved. Yeah, he has waved a few times, but he won't look this way. Come on, honey. Yes, you do. Come on, honey. Sometimes you wave. And he's like, all right, fine, sometimes. How crazy is that, that like these two guys have been connected for like all these decades and they live down the street from each other. But Bob Gimlin is so delightful that he's not going to knock on the door and say, bitch, why are you going around I, and saying that I paid I, you when I didn't? He waves to him. Have a great day, Bob. Have fun. And so remember Spy Rock Road? I said that was important because it is. Yeah. So yeah. Dave's like, what was happening with the Mexican guys working on the weed farms and what was going on on Spy Rock Road? Like we dive into what race told him and Razor's yes. like I gotta tell you man like a lot of bad shit like murders and stabbings and he's like the thing about being up there you're so isolated yeah. like you're just so isolated up there and then ghost dance comes back ghost dance is sprinkled in perfectly <laughs> yeah. here always high as a goddamn kite the whole time always and he's ghost dance is like you go up the mountain a little ways and it's the hell's angels control that part of the mountain so it's a rough and tumble mountain it's a mountain where there's always been rumors that why everyone else was getting robbed and home invasions didn't go on up there because it was protected in a way by the locals. What are the Hell's Angels again? Like, I thought they were city people. They're like a gang. I don't even want to say too much about it. <laughs> are they the ones that were like patrolling the subways? Is that them? No, that's the Guardian Angels. I, oh, now that I say it, I understand why they got, why you got confused. Yes, I was so confused. <laughs> but the Hell's Angels are like, yeah, it's their territory. And so like we, we learned that like while all these like break-ins and home invasions were happening in other areas of this area, Spy Rock Road, it was all good up there because Hell's Angels were in charge and they will kill you without even thinking about it. Well, it wasn't all good because the, while the Hells Angels protected the area, there was like a shit ton of violence. There was like a woman found hanging from a tree, like all yeah. of this crazy shit. And Razor's like, here's what you have to understand. It's not that hard to grow cannabis, but to finish it and to protect it while it's growing, that starts to add elements of uh, danger and skill that are necessary to like pull it off. Growing the cannabis is easy. That's the easy right. part. It's protecting it that gets everyone into trouble because you had to control your farm, your area. You had to either instill respect or fear. And I'm like, Razor knows his shit. Dave was right. And it didn't used to be like that. So when the back to the farmers, back to the earthers, back to the what? Back to the landers. Back to the landers. When they moved up there in the 60s with their kerosene lamp and the school they wanted to build, <laughs> it was all free love and we're just making pot and we're making a lot of money selling the pot. But then you guys, we've been over this in a million episodes, the war on on drugs started. Right. And for some reason, like the state of California was quote, hell bent on eradicating the cannabis plant. Hell bent on eradicating the cannabis plant, girl. Somebody has not heard of their medicinal benefits. Right. Let's get crack off the streets. Let's get heroin off the streets. Right. Meth. Right. For the hippies and the gays that just want to smoke a little pot. Come on. Leave them alone. Totally. But like vodka will kill you if you drink too much of it. Pot is literally medicine. It's literally medicine. Yeah. Alcohol does way worse to your body than we totally. ever, ever would. Weed helps. Alcohol yeah. hurts. I will take booze over pot any day. I am not a pot person, but like California, calm down. You know what I mean? I know. Now California is like the first one to legalize it. Have they decriminalized it? They should. That's I my other soapbox. Anyway, but so these guys are like, yeah, you know, so we'd have like the Grateful Dead blasting in the background with no electricity, but they'd be carrying <laughs> AR-15s. <laughs> like it became right. a fucking war zone. And they were setting booby traps, like trip wires and motion sensors. Wait a 
second. You can't just say a word like booby traps without discussing how ridiculous that word is. It's booby a ridiculous tra- word. <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> word. <laughs> and like these booby traps were insane. Yeah. I can't even say this. I can't even say it. This isn't like Indiana Jones style booby traps where it's like that game mousetrap and like all five things happen and then they chop your head off. They were hanging up fishing hooks at eye level. And we visited a couple other farms to help string fish hooks on fishing line about eye level around cannabis patches. They also were setting small game traps and installing motion sensors around the perimeter. You're like just walking in looking to steal your neighbor's pot and all of a sudden your eyes are gouged out by the fucking fishing. Can you imagine? Well, those are going to be my nightmares tonight. I know. I was doing okay today. (laughs) And they have this thing, this camp commander. And camp stands for campaign against marijuana planting. The big bad fucking cannabis. But heroin's okay. Right, right. And so these camp people, they are, it's like a task force that was like basically enacted in the early 90s. 90s to go up to like Spy Rock Road and all these places up in the woods where Bigfoot lives and like basically burn it down. Like mm-hmm. they're taking machetes and chopping down people's pot plants. They're talking about helicopters landing yes. in the quote meadow next to the school. These people really loved their privacy. You know what I mean? They loved it. And so the back to the landers are like, it was a war zone. Like this was crazy. And then we get this piece of trash, Mark, who was a, an officer. And he was like, oh, it was outstanding. Camp was outstanding. Had a lot of fun working for camp. Um, something new every day. Something new every day. Uh, we had no clue what we were getting into, but uh, for the most part, yes, it was fun. Uh, dangerous, uh, rewarding, uh, and exciting. Real exciting. Oh, God, it was so much fun. It was fun, dangerous, <laughs> rewarding, exciting. Real exciting, man. Real exciting. And one of the Back to the Landers is like, they thought they were these badass cowboys. They yeah. also smoked the weed they stole, by the way. So that's always fun. And like, it's really crazy to watch it because like, we've been spending the whole first half of this documentary meeting these Back to the Landers. They really are just like nice hippies that wanted to like live in the woods and, you know, like not have deodorant and build schools and have meadows. And like, mm-hmm. you were seeing these like guys coming out of like literally from helicopters like roping down like it's Vietnam and like terrorizing these local communities. Everyone is fucking terrified. They're making off with these enormous pot plants. It's just crazy. And everyone is saying that like it wrecked everything. Like you would literally like watch your entire year's like earnings go up in smoke in one day. Yeah, and we get this guy. He's I forget his name, but he has a he's a back to the lander and he has great stories. And I just like hearing him talk. I don't know, it's weird. But he's like, and it was really hard work back then. You had to carry everything on your back. You work all year long, and they just swoop in and they take all your labor on all your effort and all your investment, and you're fucked. It was real hard physical labor. I know it sounds funny, like, oh, just a bunch of hippies growing weed. Like, no, it took a lot of work and it was really good weed, as we know. And so that (laughs) takes time and effort. (laughs) And so after all of this, like they would just destroy it. And so after this happened, the weed prices skyrocketed and all of the farmers and the families got really, really protective because it was really valuable now. And so it had to be protected. And so people like just people, not just these officers or these commanders or whatever people would come and steal it they would just like want to be robbing these weed farmers and it's so crazy because these back to the landers that we've been talking to the whole they're like these wholesome sweet people you see them talking about how like they all had to get like you know do not trespass signs they all they all have ar-15s they're all like staying up all night pointing guns at their pot plant like it's really crazy and to me i'm like couldn't you just move back to town and get a job at the mall you know what i mean like why why are you so committed to the pot that you're gonna like suddenly be a gun toter and and people say as much. And some people decide they don't want to live that way any longer. Uh, and the smart ones took the proceeds and like left the game behind. But some people just got caught up in it and didn't know when to get out. Ownership, it changes everything because once you own something, now you have to protect it. 
they had done all that hard labor. They had put in all the work. They had given up their lives. And, like, they felt ownership and they just got so caught up in it. Yeah, and then they say, too, like, even now, most of the cannabis grown up there goes to the black market. Like, even though there's a regulated market for cannabis now, the unregulated market is still much bigger. Right. So now we're back to reporter Dave, and he's on the phone with a confidential informant, and they're going to meet at the local bar parking lot, and it is a doozy. This bar is called Boomers. (laughs) Yeah, it's the local bar, and the guy's like, hey, so we're going to meet at Boomers? And Dave's like, the what? Like, he didn't know that it was the bar. He was like, oh, some secret hideaway? Like, yeah, I I hung out with the Nazis, dude. I went undercover, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's a bar in a strip mall. Okay, yeah, no, I'll go. So you guys, that's where we're going to end episode one, but I got to tell you, in episode two, we fucking meet Bigfoot. And, like, it becomes a true crime story. So there's Bigfoot involved, and we're, like, solving murders. We're, like, we're, like, I don't know, we're doing the work. We're doing it. So you can get episode two right now on the Patreon at the $5 level. You guys, you don't want to miss it. It is just more of this bananas nonsense. It's going to be our regular episode next week. Wait, wait, so wait, wait. Before we wrap up, can I ask you a question? Yeah. This series didn't change your mind on the Bigfoot. You're still, like, 100% she's out there. Yeah, I'm 100% team Bigfoot. I didn't even get to say this earlier. They say that Bigfoot is just, like, a recluse. Like, she likes to live alone. There's not that many of them. Uh They are private animals. They don't like the people. Right, so let's leave them alone and don't bring your gun. Like, I don't understand. I know. Wait, do you think there's gay Bigfoot? I'm sure. I think there's gay everything. you guys get episode two right now at the five dollar level on the patreon that's where you can also find over 200 full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge right this second girl yeah and head over to the facebook group i want to know what you think show me the evidence are there drone photos yet just let us know what you think i want to (laughs) see the evidence true crime obsessed podcast discussion group also follow us on the instagram it's true crime obsessed podcast we're on twitter aren't we we're on twitter at true crime obsessed no ed and don't forget you guys come see us live on may 20th thursday may 20th at 8 30 we're covering unraveled the long island serial killer from discovery plus we're gonna have special guests we've been going over and over it you got it is insane we have so much to say it is gonna be the funnest virtual event so go to our website truecrimeobsessed.com uh and just click on the cs live link you can get your tickets there yeah and and it's gonna be available for 48 hours so if you can't make it at 8 30 eastern time yeah. it's gonna be there for you you can check in the next day but only 48 hours but we wanted to yes. give you a window we know you're busy we have things to do all right we love you guys we love you see you soon bye i feel like the gays and the bigfoots would get along really well don't you think oh my god when they're sick of eating their fucking tomatoes and eating the grass and like getting the well water from the river like just can't like you can't order dominoes on friday I really like a good tomato. My grandmother used to grow like tomato that's and basil. That's a fruit, girl. That's, that's a fruit. I know. It's a cop out. <laughs> Look, it takes a fruit to know a fruit, girl, all right? It's a fruit. It's not a vegetable. All right. Go drink your Bigfoot vodka. But like it's 2021 <laughs> and we have like drones and technology and fucking cameras that like uh-huh. are incredible. I just don't understand why these are the people who always have the Bigfoot stories. Do you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> Because the other ones are dead. They got eaten by her. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they, they were selling weed on her turf. Like, stop. Hey, let me look up my notes because I want to get this part right. Because, God damn it, girl, Bigfoot exists. God damn it. I'm not going into the woods, but I feel like if I met Bigfoot in the woods, we'd be friends. Am I wrong? I think you're right. I don't think she's violent, and I don't think she stinks. And if she does, she's a fucking animal. Like, get a grip. God. <laughs> <laughs> 